manos Aunque no tenga fuerzas Levanto mis manos Aunque tenga mil problemas Cuando levanto mis manos Comienzo a sentir Una unción que me hace cantar Cuando levanto mis manos Comienzo a sentir Fuego 
Because he 
This morning, we're going to continue our study in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3. Last week, you remember, I verse 1 all the way through verse speaking to the husbands and the wives in regards to marriage. Let me pray for the message, and we'll get started with it. Father, we thank you for allowing us together, Lord Jesus. And I, and I pray, Lord, that anyone and everyone who is listening out there, Lord, virtually, and everybody who is here also, Lord Jesus, that we may hear your Holy Spirit's voice, Father. Let us hear from you, Father God. And give you all the glory above everything and anything that happens in our lives, Lord Jesus. Even the trials, Lord Jesus. I know it is not pleasant when we're in them. But your word instructs us to be thankful for them, Lord. Father, in your son's name we pray. Amen. Would you turn to chapter 3 of 1 Peter? And if you would like, back at home, join me and us here in the sanctuary. Rise so that we can read together chapter 3. Verse 1 says, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct, Accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah Obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as a weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit the blessing. For he who love, who would love life and seek good days, let him reframe his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And who is he who will harm you if you, do, if you become followers of what is good? But, when, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. With meekness and fear. Having a good conscience. That when they defame you as evildoers. Those who revile you. 
for your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. There's also an antitype which now saves us, baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and it is and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. You may have a seat. So verse 8 says, Finally, and all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous. Peter opens up this verse by saying, finally. Not saying, finally I get to you. Or finally, now I'm going to rebuke you. By saying, actually what he means by saying this is that I'm going to sum it up everything together. Sum up everything that I've already covered up to right before this verse. And as you know, he was speaking to the husbands and to the wives. And if you just read the verses from verse 1 through verse 7, it may seem as Peter was directing himself harshly to the women and only dedicating one verse to the husbands. But it's not so, as I explained already, that he gave the instructions to the women but then he came back and told the husbands, everything I just told the wives, you also do. On top of what he commanded them, so that their prayers, our prayers, husbands, do not become hindered. Meaning that if we fall, if we fail on any of these things, if our relationship is broken between husband and wife, the Lord is not going to listen to our prayers. And this is what Peter was saying. Now, to summarize it all together, he says, love, love, agape love, unconditional love, phileo love, which is brotherly love, unconditional for everybody, just like Jesus Christ has for us, unconditionally looking at us. We know, each one of us know that we failed and we continue and will continue to fail. Regardless, Jesus Christ sees us and loves us unconditionally. Now, Peter had learned that this very same lesson that he's teaching us firsthand. Because he was there with the Lord. And the Lord had to be loving and very, very patient with him. Yes, he was and is God. But he was fully human too. And we know that Peter was a very uh, rough man that wouldn't think things through. 
he will receive a thought or think something and he will act immediately without analyzing it. Kind of saying he would shoot from the hip, not thinking things through. As an example, we have when he was in the garden, when Jesus was being arrested, and he chopped off the, the ear of the high priest's servant. And still, even at that point, Jesus was being patient. So, so Peter learned this lesson that now he shares with us. Now it goes on to say, be of one mind. This doesn't mean that everybody has to think and act the same way. Being of one mind, as in, in the study that we're going through on Wednesday nights, when Ezra and Zerubbabel came with 50,000 and later on with 2,000 people to Jerusalem. It says in, in Ezra chapter 3 verse 1, the people gathered together as one man, meaning that they were together for the same purpose, with the same accord, answering God's will, God's call for their lives. Yes, everybody, those 50,000 to 52,000 actually people were raised differently, having similar uh, traditions, just like us. We all come from different walks of life. But when we come here, and in the same spirit of Jesus Christ, we are of one mind, one spirit. Now, and obviously for the same purpose, that is to worship Jesus Christ. Paul, speaking to the Philippians regarding unity, he said in Philippians chapter 2, and if you want to turn there, Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, he said, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord. They can only afford to have one card, a Honda Accord. That was a joke. Of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in, in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the same, I'm sorry, the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Being of one mind with the same purpose. Being considerate of others. Others' interests before your interests. Serving others first while not disregarding your own needs 
That is what Paul was saying. This is what Paul, I mean, Peter is teaching us also here in this verse. And it goes on to say, having compassion for one another. Unity does not mean uniformity, meaning that we have to move, act, talk, do everything the same way together. That would be very, very boring if everybody looked, dressed, walked, talked the same way. We're diverse, but we have to, we're called to work, cooperate with one another in unity for the same purpose. And again, that is to worship our Lord Jesus Christ. Sympathy comes from the word compassion, which means to share with one another the joys, the trials, the heartaches. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 15 and 16 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Being of the same mind. And just like in, in any family, we love our siblings. And I know that we get on each other's nerves. You know, for example, little Joel and, and Landon, they spend the whole day together. And, and at one point or another, they get on each other's nerves. You know, they, they start pushing each other and like, I have enough of you. But then after a few minutes, they're like nothing ever happened. And they're playing around again together. They forget about it. And this is what? I'm not saying go fight with your brethren. But there's times when we do disagree with one another. And this is what we're commanded to have agape and brotherly love. Unconditional love for one another. Now, it goes on to say, what does being tenderhearted mean? What for us? Being tenderhearted. We've been, and as I said earlier in the announcement, we've been on this lockdown or And everybody has looked at it from a different perspective. So being tenderhearted, the way it looks like, again, what I said in announcements is that we have to respect each other. We have to be concerned because for some of us, some people, they do have concerns with their... fight because of the mainstream media, you know, pushing the fear mongering social media and mainstream media. But in either way, we are to be tender-hearted, compassionate another, especially us who are of the brotherhood. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 9 says, concerning brotherly love, this is Paul speaking. You have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. How is God teaching us? How is, he, how is Paul saying that we are taught by God? Again, what I said earlier. Because we have, if you're saved, 
we have the Holy Spirit who is the third person of the Godhead. And it, keeps up, it goes on to say, Peter, being courteous, be courteous. What does that mean? It involves more, more than just acting like ladies and gentlemen. Self is, is fading away very, very quickly. That, that uh, we saw this this past weekend or this weekend, some of the students were talking about uh, chivalry and how it is quickly by they themselves were saying that we want to keep it going at least for us in our family, in our friendships, in our fellowship. And it is true. It's we have to be. It's more than just being. means putting others ahead of us not disregarding us, but putting others ahead of us now verse 9 says not evil for evil or reviling for reviling but on the contrary blessing knowing that you were called to this that you may inherit a blessing What have you been hearing? As a matter of fact, first thing, if this morning, what is circulating around? Riots. Here in San Antonio, was started as a peaceful protest another night with broken federal buildings also but in, in whatever these officers Yes, investigate, serve the proper justice. Not just because everybody's crying and, and red. If they need to be persecuted, prosecute, I'm sorry, prosecute it, do so properly. Serve the justice, but destroying our own. What is that? I was watching what was going on in, in downtown San Antonio. I could hear people screaming, burn down the Alamo. Why? Why do they have to burn down the Alamo? About the, how it was also vandalized. Tagged. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, Instead of diminishing people, they multiply murder the liar, but you cannot murder the lie, nor establish the truth. Through violence, you murder the hater. You do not 
night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Do that. So what Peter is saying, you know, do not return evil. And what Martin Luther King said is very true. Whether you're a believer or not, that's not the answer. I was going to talk about the Boston Tea like, And if you know history about the Boston Tea Party, how it went down, how it went down and how it was handled. I won't spend time on that. Now, I'm not being, again, ignorant of racism. It exists. And like I said earlier, you have also, I'm sure, when being mistreated. Violence, especially in the marriage, if you are facing violence, abuse, get out of it. But that's not what Peter is saying here. Paul says in First Corinthians six, chapter six, verse seven. It's difficult. It's very difficult to, instead of you returning it, and I've experienced it about a year ago or so. Um, it's been more than a year. But somebody had insulted my wife harshly. And if they insult, they're insulting me and they're hurting me. I was not present when all this was happening, but I knew happening. Because she was on the phone with me as it was happening. A few months later, place with that very same people that had done harsh things to my wife. Respond to these people. And let him deal with it. Now for of a, of a man you know being Hispanic present at that place and even before I walked in I was feeling this rage I know what I'm going to say but as soon as I saw that person I felt like the Holy Spirit just said you're done you're done with 
That was very difficult. This is what Peter is saying. Yes, well, I may not understand your point of view for your hurts. The one that does understand it, the one that does see it, has lived it, Jesus Christ. And is there with Let me handle it. Let me deal with it. Look at what Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 verse 38. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong verse. Verse 38. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you. And from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rains on the just and on the unjust for if you love those who love you what reward have you do not even the tax collectors do the same and if you greet your brethren only and if you greet your brethren only what do you do more than others do not even the tax collectors do so? just as is perfect now perfect mean doesn't mean we have no faults that we're not going to fail that we're not going to make mistakes it just means that perfect he's taking care of us and he's directing our lives by his holy spirit now back to first peter again in verse 9 He says, on the contrary, bless those people. Bless those enemies. Those of you who are married, husbands and wives, or siblings, or with co-workers as well, to, if you've ever seen the movie, um, Fireproof. There is a, a there's a book that they use called the love there, and there is somebody that is getting on your nerves or the, or that they're acting harshly towards you. I encourage you to read it, but not only read it, do it on that person. I did that book years ago with my wife, not because she was being mean or ugly towards me; it was the other way around. 
good when you do what God is telling you to do you begin to see everything from a different perspective from his perspective you become more considerate of not only your your spouse your wife your husband your siblings but everybody around you that's a good book and it may seem turn on the coffee pot for them morning for them you know as it's one thing to do you put the toothpaste on the toothbrush leave it or uh, prepare the coffee one of the her side of the bed because you know this is the winter time and then I would go over to my side when she was coming to bed and that's so again it changes your perspective it's it diminishes our selfishness and it increases our awareness of everybody around us. Now Peter goes on to say, to this you were called. You were called to this to this were called. And it go from speaking to husband and wife, love, respect, honoring each other now to speaking about enemies and this time that they received it already began being persecuted Peter himself that Jesus yeah with Jesus oh everything has to be about Jesus with you no this being persecuted to the point of death being hung some being And it's easy for us here currently ourselves. It's easy for us to say it was your fault. That's the reason why I acted the way I acted. Oh, you don't understand, Pastor, how harsh they were. I cannot forgive them. You don't know how much hurt. Again, I don't. But he does. And through Peter, he's calling us to stop. We were called to this. And it goes on to say, we're called to this, for to this you were called, and together we will inherit a blessing. Look at verse 10. For he who love, will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speak, speaking deceit. For to this you were called. As believers, we're called to love life. 
again, not being ignorant about what's going on around the world. Yes, there's more rough than others, especially during what we just went through, most of us uh, having to do school from home, which is very different than homeschooling. Some people had it easy. Some people had it worse. But it doesn't say be ignorant, put your head in the sand, and forget about everything else that's going on. It just simply... But it says here that it's supposed to be a willful act. He who will love life. In another version, it says he who wills to love life. This verse reads... And there's actually an added faith to see the best in everything around us, in every situation. Again, not ignoring what's going on, but seeing what the best of every situation. It's the opposite of being pessimistic or having a pessimistic attitude where everything has to be like an Eeyore syndrome. Oh, woe is me. Everything's bad. The writer or Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, verse 17 said, Therefore, I hated life, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. He was being very pessimistic there. But that's not what Peter is saying. You can decide, and it's up to you, each individual, you can decide to enjoy life or to hate life. Now, to some extent, some people saying I hate that and there's medical assisted deaths nowadays and even but side of the brethren we hold on to life with each other through all these trials. Now he goes on to say, Peter, refraining the tongue from evil and lips from speaking evil. The book of Psalms chapter 141 verse 3 says, Lord, I cry out to you, set a guard over my mouth, keep watch over the door of my lips. Lies curse words those shouldn't be mouth coming out as believers and just because we have a bad moment uh, you know when it blazes that anger blazes which is not a sin to get angry a sin is when you do act because of James chapter 3 he teaches us to take control of the tongue because the very same is the Lord James says the very same tongue that blesses the Lord ships to shipwreck sets fires ablaze ruins people you know that saying ones may hurt but I can't remember how it ends but you know what I mean that's a lie Assault somebody, they're going to hurt emotionally, even to the point of getting sick because of what they say to you. 
there are trigger words for some, but they've experienced throughout in, in those things for from time to time I still deal with that the enemy wants to shame me. and in those moments hard the psalmist says, set a guard over my mouth for what we speak. Keep reading. Let him seek peace and pursue it. In the book of 3 John, verse 11 says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but rather what is good. He who does good is of God. Turning away, or actually the meaning of language, run away from hated, and that is what we're supposed to be doing. Turn away from evil, hate evil, hate everything that is not of God. And because we hate evil, we hate that thing. We run away from it, and it says here, seek peace and pursue it Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 verse 9 says blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God being all the problems under the problems to you being a people means that you address each one you love consider it in addressing each one of them as soon as possible now Peter gives us assurance that Christ is watching over us through those situations and look at verse 12 for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Against those who do evil. John chapter 9 verse 31 says, and I'm getting ready to close. Don't fall asleep on me. John 9 verse 31 says, Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God, and does his will, he, meaning God, he hears him. Peter, verse 30, I mean, 4. And I won't have time to go back and read Psalm and explain it, that Psalm, but you take time to read Psalm, verse, I mean, Psalm 34. But in summary, what the psalmist was writing, he's describing. What God means no problems are happening in your life in that day. As a matter of fact, 
So what? It wasn't yours to begin with. It belongs to the Lord. He also wrote, the psalmist wrote about fears, troubles, and afflictions, and even broken hearts. But he, Peter is saying, hand it over to the Lord. And again, having good days is not But one where midst of all these trials, all these problems that face the situation of the world, we experience God helping us, His blessings in us, the way we speak to people, when we respond in, in, in those heated moments. And by doing so, we magnify God. We allow him to live in us and work in us and do his work, the Holy Spirit speaking of letting him work in and through our lives. And I go back to the Wednesday nights in the book of Ezra, how the people around Jerusalem, and even though these people were threatening them, harassing them, bullying them, they kept undoing what God called them to do. They, yes, they would get discouraged from time to time, but they kept on working. That is a picture for us that the world is watching us constantly. How we respond, how we speak, how we react in the middle of all this that's going on. Let's pray.